to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens Welcome to Express Yourself. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of those dreams. Eleanor Roosevelt. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airways as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit btsya.com. That's btsya.com. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Salutations! I'm Kofi, your co-host for today's show. And I'm Sharanya. Today's show is all about life in the future. In segment two, we'll have Kirpa sharing her thoughts on this topic. In segment three, Kevin will be talking about how AI will develop in the future. But right now, Kirthi and I will be having a conversation about the future and what beauties and the beasts it will bring. The future is something that unnerves most of us. It gives off a vibe of insurity. We just can't grasp it or understand it. I've come to learn that the best way to fabricate some idea of humanity's future endeavors is to look at the past. And honestly, when you look at the past, I wouldn't exactly have great expectations for life in the future. If you look at people in the early 1900s, you can see that they've come up with these vibrant, almost anachronistic fantasies of human colonization under the sea, or all the way up in the sky, or like underwater buses pulled by whales or something crazy like that. As a person living in the 21st century, these fantasies seem absurd to us. But these predictions of how life would be like in the 1950s, 50 years later, very obviously life was not like that in the 1950s. It seems that we as humans have these great extravagant expectations for the future. But while there is going to be major technological advancements between now and 1900, it's still not as influential on our daily lives as you'd think. It's fairly influential, but these fantasies predict daily life to completely change while it's just nearly being altered in the real world. So, Shalanya, what are your thoughts on this? I think we've all had that dream or some sort of dream while we're living in Mars or underwater in the very vast future. And I think that's an example 
example of what you just said. To be honest, I believe we have absolutely romanticized time periods that are not our own. It's quite interesting, to be honest, how we don't want to embrace the present, so we aim for so much in the future. I think one example of this in real life was the meta failure. It was such a big aspiration because we wanted to embrace the future very much, but we then stopped developing meta. We have glorified advancements and it has even contributed to this competitive nature that has built up in the world. The quote, life is a race. It denotes that maybe the future is closer than we think, but it's quite underwhelming when you see the future become present. I could tell you for sure in 2020, I thought 2022 would be a life where we'd have flying cars and probably like underground trail stations like in Harry Potter. Although I do appreciate a good dystopian novel, there's something so underwhelming, if I may so say so again, about reaching the future you once dreamt of. And although I am an avid enjoyer of dystopia, I feel so barren inside after reading what the future might become in the eyes of someone else. Probably that's a cynical outlook of me. Exactly. Like you mentioned dystopia. You can even see this happening in classic literature. Basically, you can see these people's beliefs being projected into this literature that and you can really see how interesting it is. Like in like 50 years and 30 years, our life is going to change to the extent that it becomes almost unrecognizable. Like let's Look at George Orwell's 1949 novel, 1984. It's, it's named 1984 because it's set in 1984. It was supposed to be a dystopian novel that was for its time. It was written in 1949, but set in 1984, so 35 years later. It predicted a dystopian view that society's thoughts and actions would all be monitored by these people called the Thought Police, who wanted to brainwash them and restrict them from thinking certain things. And this was, remember, this was predicted to happen 35 years later. Within that time frame, people believed that the world would be completely and utterly different than how it was before. And our world would be almost revolutionized to being completely unrecognizable. But we have to agree that life will eventually completely change in the future. Like, we're talking about life in the future in general. We're not talking about 35 years later. So even if it takes a thousand years for our daily life to completely change, it will eventually change. So how do you think our daily life will change in the future? I'll answer that in some time. But I think going off of a tangent on what you said, I think in science right now, we're doing the Earth, Moon, and the Sun. And my teacher, there's the student in class, and they said, the sun's going to consume up the earth one day. And then the person sitting right next to me was like, when? And suddenly she went into a panicky mode. And then she, the student said, in a billion years. Now, the future is in whatever um, time period we want it to be. It's about how we depict it. But going back to your question, I think the future will be more accepting. Sure, we have, sure, sure, we might have like a few robots doing stuff for us here and there. Sure, drones might give us our food instead of DoorDash employees. But I think the future will be more liberal because we're learning more. Every day, we're learning something new. And as we gain our knowledge, we'll be able to accept more stuff. As we can see, I think the concept of technology creating mayhem will go away too. I think there's still some uproar about how AI will take over the world. Like, sure, it will be used in many things, but I don't think it will really dominate or 
brought to human life. It'll just be technology to help and aid. It'll be, it could be used in a bad way, but the future is something to be awaited for and nothing to make scary with thoughts of zombie apocalypses. I love horror movies, but let's be honest, it's not going to be real. Changes happen slowly and gradually, and we cannot speed up the future however we want it. Yeah, I actually definitely, that's true. I definitely agree with that. And I even think in our modern music episode, Kevin and I discussed this, like this this concept of AI taking up all of our jobs and everything completely being taken over by technology. And it does seem like that, like, you know, universal be- basic in- income, UBI being implemented and like every person does not have a job. So they have to all be given this default kind of income. And, you know, as as real as it does sound, because you can see like you're talking about like drones giving us our food instead of DoorDash employees. That's actually happening. You know, like Walmart does grocery delivery in some places like with the drones literally carrying like a bag of groceries a drone it's it's a bit of a funny sight but it is true that ai is slowly taking up our lives instead of talking to an actual person you can go and talk to chat gpt and and it's only going to continue it's not gonna it's not gonna die down but i think we are going to be more accepting of it and i think that you've you're absolutely correct about changes happening slowly and gradually. Maybe it won't even happen in your lifetime, or maybe it's going to be so gradual in your lifetime that you won't even notice that it happened. So we're talking about technology right now, since we're going to talk a lot about technology improving and whatnot in the next two segments. I think that right now we can view the future from another point of view. Ideally, when you think of the future, you would think of it through the average human being's eyes. Because we are average human beings. We we want to think of the future through our eyes and how it will change our lives. But I think that it might be interesting to look at it through the eyes of nature, specifically animals. While technological advances are good and they can be they, they, can, they can be really bad for the environment. And considering the fact that it's a very small amount of people who care for the environmental harms that tech poses, it's likely that in the future environmental conditions are just gonna get worse and life's probably gonna get worse for animals. Because not many people are really caring about the environment right now, or they don't recognize that no matter how nice and glittery and shiny all of this technology seems, it can sometimes be really bad for our environment. So life's probably going to get worse for these animals who live in nature because they completely depend on the environment and gradually it is going to become worse for us but but let's talk about that later that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother day let's talk about animals what what do you think about this whole environmental animal stuff well i think we have this notion that all of us have is that the world is gonna become a worse place it's gonna be drier it's gonna be more arid the sea levels will rise up and we have this notion in our head that nothing's going to get better unless we take immediate action. But sh- like, I remember the 2016 Olympics, I believe. Yes, in the 2016 Olympics, um, it was hosted in Rio and um, there was this big skit going on about what the world will become. 
And obviously, I was about seven during that time. And I was so scared. I was like, oh, no, we have to do something about this. And I think many other kids felt that way. Although these emissions are going to make life harder, they're going to make this world, this environment that we have less habitable, I think we're also trying to educate other kids, other people, so they can make sure that everything is fine too. Because um, I think technology will obviously make so many carbon emissions, but along the way, we're making other people understand what's going on with the world. So I think we're bit in a one step forward, two steps back kind of situation here. So I think we can't get a good grasp on the situation until a few years later. But I think people are starting to get an understanding of what's actually happening. And I think the world's actually getting slightly better because um, I don't know, there's just this hope inside of me. And then there were these studies I saw where there were rates of um, water um, in our reservoirs going higher. It might be just because of the storm, but I think it just put a lot of hope in me. I don't know why. Well, like, yeah, I agree with you that the youth, especially through social media and stuff, they're really getting educated about the circumstances and the challenges that our environment has to face and emissions and all that. We're definitely more aware than we were before, but I, I, I don't think we're really doing anything about it. Even though we're aware of it, you know, like posting on social media, happy Earth Day, it's it's not going to make that big of a difference. Like, awareness is good, but it has to have some type of action following it. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's confusing. It's a very complicated issue, and we're two middle schoolers, so we're not, you shouldn't expect us to know everything about it. But, okay. I just realized that we have been talking way too much about negative stuff and how worse the future will be. And I'm being a negative Nancy, as usual. I started it. I take the blame. Let's talk about some of the positive changes in life that we'll see in the future. What are some positive changes that you think will happen? I think we'll have some more good, hearty food. I think technology has taken up so much of our brain about the future that we don't want to see what else can happen in the future. And I think one thing we're leaving out is food, good hearty food and good hearty people. Because sure, there will be advancements um, technologically. And I'm looking forward to the gradual increase in the everyday quality of stuff. But I, I was watching this Netflix show called Somebody Feed Phil and Phil Rosenthal who is the scriptwriter for Everybody Loves Raymond, went out and saw chefs bring farm food right to their uh, food. And it was such a fresh experience. I was sitting there watching the entire show and I was like, I wish I could go there. And I think this is happening over the course of time. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And in terms of people, I think... I don't know. Today seems to be a very optimistic day for me. I'm just really, really excited about where humanity will go because I read some news today where it was so like adorable, like a two-year-old helping a 79-year-old. And I don't know. I think human 
humanity's going in a really good direction, although there are bad things that happen. I think it's going to become a better place. Well, you're in an optimistic mood today, and I'm in a really pessimistic mood today. But I do agree with you, like, food, after all, is it's what keeps us alive, and it what keeps up us human beings, full-fledged human beings, with nutrition. And I think that, yeah, like, chefs embracing the farm-to-table approach, that's actually... Like, that's actually a really big distinguishment from, from like, the 1900s and right now. Like, people are much more conscious about the health and what they're putting into their body. And they're also much more conscious about the animals who they affect. Like, organic things without pesticides. Like, that uh, people are starting to consume more stuff like that. Or, like, 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 yeah, I know, I think that, like, this... Like, there's going to be a lot of improvements in the future, especially considering food. Like, right now, if you go and buy eggs at the store, like, a whole carton for 99 cents, like, chances are that those chickens were not chickens who lived a happy life, who produced those eggs. Those chickens are probably, they were probably just stuffed into this tiny little cage, and they did not live a happy life. And, you know, like... If that chicken did run free in a bunch of fields and live such a great, happy life, then, like, one egg would have cost, costed a dollar. Like, before, it was a dozen for 99 cents, and now it's, like, one egg for one dollar. So, we have to recognize that even even though we are starting to rec- realize that there's this, like, farm-to-table approach that exists, that we can take into account nature and be healthier ourselves too but it is getting expensive too and not everyone has money not everyone can afford to get a carton of eggs which costs twelve dollars while instead they could get a carton of eggs that that costs 99 cents and as you can tell i am in a very pessimistic mood uh So, when it comes to me, what I think about some positive change that I think will happen, now, obviously, I don't think that there will be many positive changes, but I think that ethics, like, you mentioned the farm-to-table approach, how how we're, like, also the environment, like, how we're being more aware of the environment. That's obviously better ethics. We are realizing that we are not the only living things on Earth. There are the plants, there are the animals, there's wildlife, there's nature. That's part, That's all part of ethics. And I think ethics is going to be something that's really going to have a, be, like, really, really change in the future. Like, when you think about the 1900s and the 2020s right now, like, you probably, if there's the... There's one thing that changed the most drastically. It's probably ethics. Like, in 1900, you were probably, like, an average person was probably, like, super racist, super sexist, like, super all of ki- all the kind of ists. Like, very, very, uh, not, they don't believe that all human beings are equal. And they don't recognize that you were born with a certain skin color that you cannot change, so you shouldn't be put at fault for having that certain skin color. Like, definitely, that's probably the most drastic change that that's happened, and I think that it's just going to keep on, keep on changing, because our generation, like, I know there's, like, cancel culture and all that, but, like, we're, we're really... 
beginning to see that, you know, we're all equal and we're, we're beginning to abandon this notion that some human beings are more equal than others. Like, compare this, like, 16-year-old teenager with an 80-year-old, like, grandpa. Like, of, of course, the 80-year-old is going to be at least have, like, systemic racism, even if he doesn't, like, like, publicly shame people who are, who are, like, of color, he's obviously gonna have at least a little bit of some kind of bigotry against colored people. Now, when you think about the 16-year-old, like, obviously the 16-year-old isn't gonna have much of a bigotry unless they were really raised in this really bigoted, really discriminating family. So what do you think about this? Just a brief discussion on ethics. Yeah, I think. Yes, ethics will definitely improve. But uh, okay, I'm actually going to be opposite of what I was the entire day. As I say, saying humanity might advance as a personality and as a whole. But I'm going to be a bit pessimistic here. Social media. I love social media. It engages everyone. It um, helps other people know, um, gain knowledge, but I think along the way, it promotes some stuff that shouldn't be promoted. Um, so I don't say that was ethics. I, I'd say that's the responsibility of the person who posted it. In a, um, there were, I think I've seen it in school, I've seen it on social media, people make jokes about racism and as you said, 16-year-olds will probably be more, um, I mean, less prejudiced than other people of older ages. But I think that we have taken this matter of prejudice into like a really light scenario. We're making fun of things that shouldn't be made fun of. We're thinking slurs can be said if you have those passes, which is one of the most foolish things ever. So I was wondering what you thought about that because you're talking about racism. Yeah, I think that that's really that's that's a little bit of a pessimistic view. That's definitely correct. So unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this segment. Make sure to stay tuned for our next segment where Koopa will be sharing her thoughts on the future. We want to hear your thoughts and we want to answer your questions. So email us at btsy18radio at gmail.com. That's btsy18radio at gmail.com. Check out our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at bethestoryouare.org. You can get involved with Be The Story You Are charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter, and make a donation to Be The Story You Are. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens.
listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Salutations and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm your host, Kofi, and I'm here with my co-host, Shulania. Today's show is all about life in the future and what it can bring. Right now, we have Koopa. Hi, Koopa. Hi. Hi. So, talking about the future, what do you think life will look like in the future? What I think... When I think of the future, I always go straight to floating cars, underwater cities, and technology way beyond what we have now. I also think of aliens when I think of life in the future. New life, new ways of living is what comes to mind. When I was younger, I used to think about how in the future we'll have time machines to save the world from destruction. However, as I got older, we'll get to it eventually, but it'll take time. Yeah, it definitely will take time. Changes are very gradual. So where might have you gotten your ideas about life in you in the future? Most of the time, I got my ideas from movies like from the future, such as Marvel movies, sci-fi movies like E.T. or Back to the Future. In Marvel movies, they have advanced technology like Tony Stark's suit and Ant-Man suit and Spider-Man's suit. Um, in E.T., they also have an alien come along with ventures with them. Wow, yeah, that's really tech-based, but in a broader aspect, what kind of tech do you think we'll achieve later in the future? I think later in the future, we're going to get new inventions that most people would have not imagined we would get in our time. We already have electric cars, phones that are advancing by the year, and much more. I think maybe around 2015, we can achieve things such as robot waiters or completely self-driving cars. Yeah, that's actually true. Maybe even before 2050, because in, in some places in Japan, I think, they do have robot waiters. And we do, right now, have semi-self-driving cars. So how do you think our homes will look like in the future? I think our homes in the future will look out of this world. Personally, I think each house will be given a futuristic look. What you imagine is probably what you will get. I think I feel like each house will have at least five, maybe a couple technology, uh, advanced technology to assist us in our daily lives. Such as like a robot cook. I know many cities that are way probably advanced in the U.S. may already have these. Or a maid clean around the house. And just other things that will help us in our everyday life. I also think that maybe eventually we'll be able to inhabit other planets. Because slowly with the pollution we are creating, we are slowly killing our planet. And we may need to move to a different planet eventually. Mm. Well, yeah, that's that thought. But what jobs do you think will like change? Um, I think we'll get new professions as years go on because we're slowly advancing and slowly new jobs are coming in. For our existing jobs, I think doctors will have robot assistance whenever they need it, such as nurses in the operating room, whenever they need materials or in a situation where they have code red, they'll have assistance there with the help of a robot or anything just to kind of give guide and maybe when you don't know something with any medical procedure like we have the internet we can get you know immediate help if it's a code red situation or just an any emergency 
yeah, that actually, I agree. I think that that will definitely happen in the future. There has been a lot of controversy about like robots taking our jobs, but technology in some cases can be really helpful and really help us do our jobs. So do you think that there will be disadvantages in the future? We've been talking about the advantages, but what about disadvantages? Anytime we advance, there's a chance that we'll lose something valuable. Sometimes this includes face-to-face -face meetings, human touch, and our privacy. It will be important for us to always stay in touch with the core values that make us who we are, such as now I know that we have Zoom or we have Skype, and many people tend to use online things such as Snapchat or text messages to co communicate with their friends or people instead of talking to them in person. Well, I'd say that that's all the time we have for this segment but thank you so much kirpa make sure to visit our website at expressyourselfteenradio.com and make a donation to btsya are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality the positive message outreach program of be the star you are charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on express yourself teen radio Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens hello and welcome back to express yourself today's show is about life in the future I'm Sharanya, and I'm here with my co-host, Tirthi. Right now, we have Kevin. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin Chu, a Be The Star You Are reporter. My segment is AI and Us, which talks about how AI can and does affect our lives. Today, I'll discuss how AI can change our life in the future. Part AI will play the future is an old idea, one that's been explored and scavenged through countless times, whether it be professionally or done to entertain. <clears throat> On the entertainment side, I'm sure everybody here has heard of Terminator at least once. And on the professional side, the term UBI, short for Universal Basic Income, isn't exactly a rare one to hear either. By the way, I'm sure you've heard about the implications of what AI could do in the future, but you've also probably not gone into much detail about it, which is what I'm going to at least attempt to do here with my P-sized brain. The most publicly present and discussed area of AI development from what I've seen from this rock is self-driven cars, which isn't surprising due to how useful it would be and how it's already in use today. However, I'm sure that quite a few of you don't know what differentiates different levels of AI cars from each other. There are six levels in total. In the first level, level zero, I know it's weird, the car can't do anything without user input other than giving information. The second level, level one, the car can interfere in minor ways, like making sure you're centered in the lane on the highway. Level 2 cars are where multiple functions can be active at one time and can allow drivers to take their hands off the wheel, albeit briefly. Level 3 cars can drive themselves under limited conditions, but still require a driver in some or most situations. 
these cars are rare, with only Mercedes-Benz and Honda currently producing them. Finally, level 4 and level 5 cars are the domain of what we would think of as fully automated driving. Level 4 cars can drive themselves on known roads and may or may not have pedals and a steering wheel, while level 5 can go on any road and don't have pedals and steering wheel since they're entirely unnecessary. Of course, anything level 3 or above is still pretty far off in the future, around two decades or even more to reach level 5 if research is slow. These AI cars, while very convenient, will probably have a much greater impact politically than in actually changing life. After all, pretty much every working adult already owns a car and driving license and drives to work as long as they are stable. A self-driving car would really only make a major difference on long road trips and to be very exhausted, which is a lot of people actually. Politically, however, completely self-driving cars would cause a flurry of new laws and erasing of old ones. For example, the age at which a person can drive. After all, knowing all the rules of the road, what does it want in a car, and driving tests in general become entirely unnecessary to the car itself being able to learn them and adhere to them stricter than any human could. Unfortunately, that means that extreme offensive driving will become a thing of the past, and Korean drivers will be forced to recognize the fact that speeding is an actual law and not a suggestion. If you think I'm kidding, take a, t- take a trip to Korea. Even law admitting people will speed there because toll gates are everywhere and charge depending on how long you've stayed on the road, so speeding isn't just faster, it's cheaper due. My dad even, even partially drove on the sidewalk the first time he drove a car and didn't even get caught, so yeah, Korean roads really are just a survival of the fittest. Anyhow, getting back to the much less dangerous AI cars, the age at which a person can be in a car alone will almost definitely change, given that even if that person is impulsive and immature, the most harmful cause is cussing out passing drivers, considering that autonomous cars will almost definitely prioritize safety over the driver's demands. Having a kid wait until they're 18 just to make sure they know how to sit down and punch in directions seems entirely excessive. However, spending a second grader also seems a bit too morally ambiguous as well, since kids can be pretty crazy sometimes. Age requirement at that point will most likely be around 14 or 15, since high school is just one step away from college, and saying high schools can fully drive is much better than saying middle schools can fully drive, even if it's only one year difference. Of course, this is only a hypothesis, likely one though. Speaking of school, education as a whole will likely be entirely different than the far future when AI is more prevalent. Once AI progresses to a point where it can formulate its own ideas and think, a bit like what ChatGPT is trying to simulate, education will likely become much less valuable than it is today. After all, it's much more difficult to justify learning and becoming an expert when a trained AI can learn and do your job much better than you 24-7. Of course, sentient AI will likely be rare even when they are invented, and it might take maybe decades or even a century of war to become widespread. When they are, school is probably going to become a much more lenient place. After all, you just need to know not to understand what you're being told and how to do it, not actually think of it yourself. While schools will likely still be painful, they won't be as painful as they are now. They might even have permanent video weekends. How wonderful that would be, wouldn't it? Too bad I'm probably going to be dead before I ever get to complain about it to the younger generations and older. Either way, it's nice to imagine. To fill up at least a little bit more than done in time, the amount of subjects will also likely also increase and focus more on practical knowledge, like how to pay taxes. Actually, let's talk about taxes. While well, I haven't paid any because I'm a tax evading high schooler, hell yeah, I've heard that they're absolutely a chore to do and pay, something which AI would likely help with quite a bit. You have to manually calculate how much you owe for each specific tax, send it in, and if you mess it up even a little, you're going to get IRS, short for instantly sniped. The R is silent. The IRS also knows if you get it wrong, because they already have it all calculated, which honestly confuses, terrifies, and angers me all at the same time. Information, if mentioned of much more efficient AI, can definitely help the system out quite a bit. 
improvement in AI could also help out a lot more information efficient systems and solve a lot of problems. Well, Tonker, for example, isn't because there's not enough food to feed people, because poverty exists and supply chains aren't as efficient as it could be and run into many problems and complications. With the help of AI, the second problem can also almost be completely erased. And the first problem, poverty, would likely be mitigated since food would be made much cheaper due to uh, more efficient supply chains. And world hunger might not become so global in the future. AI trucks and optimal travel routes can make sure shipments get to where they need to go, saving many lives. Of course, world hunger will still be a prevalent issue, but it would never be as bad as it is now. Mostly, a lot of problems could be solved with AI as well, including diseases, energy use, preservation of the environment, climate change, and so many more that if I went over every single one of them, this session would be longer than Alexander Hamilton's speech at the Constitutional Convention. Instead, let's talk about something a bit more narrow and concerning. Problems that AI causes instead of fixes. The most important problem that I hear of and that people think AI will cause is the loss of many jobs, which is a fairly valid concern, at least most people think so. After all, AI workers are much more efficient in practically every way. They only require a one-time payment compared to monthly salary of human workers who can work many, many more hours without rest, won't ever cause problems unless they're defective, and won't make mistakes in their work. So it can be expected that, yes, in general, business owners will prefer to use robots rather than human workers. However, I don't think this is too major of a concern. For one, a situation like this has already happened and how many Americans ended up discriminating against immigrants due to believing that they were going to take their jobs, which nowadays is a much less possible review, albeit not extinct. The situation here isn't all that different. After all, production of AI is likely to be very complicated and costly, so jobs won't be running out anytime soon. If that still doesn't come for you, let me remind you of two words, inflation and UBI. Even nowadays, minimum wage workers make less than what's actually defined as a necessary living wage, which is honestly quite insane. With the high inflation at the current amount doesn't look like they will change anytime soon, and in the future, it might still be the same. While wages will certainly rise as well in the future, I sincerely doubt that they'll rise anywhere close to as fast as prices will. The UBI, however, will likely rise at a faster rate due to it having to be calculated as a necessary amount to live. Maybe a bit more add on top to ensure that the wealth gap doesn't become absolutely insane. Summarize a little, the calamity, calamity that those who fear AI think will happen is incredibly unlikely. And if it does happen, it's not the end of the world. AI is a powerful and useful tool in almost any situation. While it should be treated with caution, care, and perhaps even a bit of apprehension, just as any powerful tool should, that doesn't mean we should deny it. Change is inevitable. Instead of fearing it, we should embrace it even more and strive to use it at its best. Well, you mentioned some other industries that could be influenced by AI in the future. And how do you think they'd be affected? Uh, but one of the first ones I think I mentioned before was diseases, I believe so. And I think, <clears throat> in general, uh, AI could help in both diagnosing diagnosing and helping solve them. And diagnosing them and <clears throat> in, in solving, and there are many genetic diseases uh, that we can't solve today because, as I mentioned before, they are genetic and are very rooted in a person's DNA, not as a sort of just temporary flu or, or any sort of bacteria. However, I'm sure you've heard of something like of CRISPR. I'm, sh- I'm sure if you're, if it's the, I'm sure if you've taken a sort of biology class or something like that, you've probably heard of something called CRISPR-Cas19, which can selectively uh, cut and splice uh, certain sections of DNA together to erase any defective parts and replace and replace it with new, more effective parts. And with the help of AI, AI that can become even more efficient and useful. And in the end, it might be, it might be able to 
uh, wipe out all sorts of genetic diseases like, like malaria and even cancer. Another one I also mentioned energy use is another is well doesn't but AI can't really help it in a very specific way. It can definitely make it more efficient, like I mentioned before, with travel routes and other routes like that. Wow! Like I think that this this uh, show is kind of you you the expert here because you you all your segment is all about AI and AI essentially is is the future. AI is what we are relying on and what we see to be like something like a glamorous technological advancement, most likely like 99.9% possibility that it involves at least a little bit of AI. So AI is is like the future. It can be declared to be the future. So are there any possible issues that AI could create in the future? Well, as I mentioned before, uh, definitely the possibility of jobs running out but I also believe that another issue that I didn't like to touch on was the loss of human, I guess, creativity. Because, because nowadays, um, people are using creativity because I don't remember which, but I believe the famous philosopher mentioned that with the invention of the book, it decreased human, uh, decreased, uh, human wisdom because people would believe they were wise when they were really not because they know a lot, even though they didn't, even though it was just borrowed knowledge, not something they actually discovered for themselves. And I think that a similar situation could happen with AI because with an AI, it, everything is done for you. It's not, it's not very much your, it's not your own work or anything you achieved on your own at all. And while the creators of AI definitely do have something to be proud of, people who just use them and use them and don't think about it and don't, and if you, the people in the future who you may use them and not think about what they're doing at all and just live comfortably without having put in any I guess genuine work is what I would say. May you have even less create, may even less created, and may even be more robot like than the AIs themselves. Well, as Kirti said, I definitely agree you're the expert on this topic. But contrary to other possible issues that AI could create, what's one major problem in society today that could be fixed by AI in the future? A major issue inside today, I believe, would be uh, one that I definitely mentioned before was how jobs, uh, was how wages and things, how wages and jobs like that are, how minimum wage workers are definitely making less than what's defined, and how minimum wage workers aren't making enough to actually, you know, work. And while I do, while I do, and and the first, um, the first, uh, I guess, robot workers probably be designed for those jobs, which means that more time you spend on education, and more people would live would take higher wage jobs, which means that they could you know, live better, live better and more, I guess, wealthy and healthy lives. Yeah, I think that. AI can really affect the future in both positive and negative ways. So 
so I do think that AI AI can really fix some of the world's biggest problems, and it's kind of revolutionizing the world as it is right now. Like we're having these giant advancements in AI that seem so surreal, like you can't even believe it. Like Chat GPT and like self-driving cars. So unfortunately, that was a really great segment, Kevin. Thank you so much for being on the show today. But unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from all across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be the Star You Are charity, visit bethestoryoil.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. The future is for us to decide, and with how quickly the world is moving today, the future may not be so far away. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars get shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself